I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Lions Daily on TalkSport 2. It's the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2. I'm Tim Cocker, and I've got another big one for you today. For one thing, joining me shortly is the great Brian Habana, part of some all-conquering Springbok sides of the past and part of our team covering the Lions tour of South Africa across the TalkSport network this summer. But I'm not stopping there. Got another World Cup winning speedster, Jason Robinson, hero of the 2013 Lions tour, and he's been having a natter with our man Andrew McKenna. You'll hear that soon as well. And we're going to throw a spotlight on one of the surprise packages of this year's Lions touring party. Exeter Chiefs and England lock Johnny Hill. We'll get the lowdown on him from his coach from when he was back at school. And you can join me in trying to guess the Lions 15 for the game this weekend in Johannesburg. A team Warren Gatland will announce tomorrow. So yesterday, South Africa named their side for the Georgia game on Friday. The starting 15 included two debutants on the wing. And if either of those guys have half the career of uh, this man, they'd be doing very well indeed. And now it's very important as Habana launches himself into Tommy Bow. Mina on the back foot gives the pass off to Habana. Away goes the speedster. Still going. And what a try. It's been a long time since we've seen something like that. Individual brilliance, Brian Habana. Peace to prayer. Oh, Habana been sliced open before, and the Lions have been sliced open again. Some very memorable tries against the Lions against New Zealand, and uh, the Formula One music. To get that, he's really, really quick. Brian Habana, hello. Hi, Tim. How are you doing? I'm very, very well. Squads and those guys on the wing. Afa, Lely, Fassi and Roscoe Speckman. What kind of players are these? You would know better than anyone. They are absolutely blitzkrieg jack-in-the-boxes. Uh, I got to play a, a couple of sevens tournaments with Roscoe Speckman. They call him Spec Magic because he really does create magic on the field. He's someone that has won uh, Olympic bronze medal back in Rio in, in 2007 with the Bliss Box and has been playing incredible rugby um, on, on the local scene over the course of the last two years since making the switch over from 
the sevens format to 15s. Um, and he is someone that is literally a jack in the box. He is short, nuggety, uh, but absolutely pacey. And in someone like Apalele Fasi, who probably from a position switch perspective, you know, he's been more comfortable at fullback in this early part of his career, but he has been playing phenomenal rugby for, for the Sharks and has really put his hand up. And I think it's going to, you know, in a, in a position that is tightly contested with the likes of a Chesan Colby, a Makazoli Mapimpe, you know, who scored those tries in the Rugby World Cup final alongside someone like Zavin Corsi that's been waiting in the wings. Um, you know, some really exciting, you know, new blood that the, the Springboks will be will be putting out against Georgia on Friday. Yeah, really exciting. You just mentioned Cheslin Colby there. I've, I've got to ask, after his exploits in the top 14 final at the weekend, have you ever knocked over a drop goal in, in, in uh, elite level rugby? So elite levels at the Bape, I, I was playing junior level under 19 rugby for the Lions at scrum half still then. Uh, knocked one over from the 22 left-hand corner. Um, so not quite sure it was anywhere similar to doing a 50-meter drop kick in a top 14 final like Cheslin. Um, but that was so incredible to see. I was actually on a flight uh, back to South Africa with Cheslin and his family on, on Monday night and, and just chatting him through it. And he's like, no, he just wanted to um, no, he just wanted to keep the opposition in their half. And I was like, Cheslin, that is more than keeping the opposition <laughs> in the half. That is that is making the world sit at your feet even more. Um, something Franz Stein would have been proud of, Tim. So... Brilliant player that has been playing phenomenally both for the Springboks and Toulouse over over in the Northern Hemisphere and someone that I cannot wait to see get his opportunity against the Lions in, in, in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Some of the guys that haven't been included in this Springbok 23 um, are the five sale players that, you know, listeners in the UK will know well. Vincent Cock of yeah. Saracens, of course. Was there any surprise there or do you think perhaps in the next game, next week's game, it will be a completely different side? No, so I think Jacques Ninaba, the new Springbok coach, will probably want to give as many players the opportunity, uh, given that the fact that it's only going to be these two test matches against Georgia, you know, for the final squad to get, excuse me, selected, you know, leading into the test match series uh, come the end of July. Given the fact that, you know, the Sales Sharks boys played, played in the semi-final, the likes of Cheslin and Reynard Alsted played in a top 14 this mm. final this past weekend. The Springboks have been in camp for the past three weeks, but that's sort of with, with the local based players and those that have sort of, you know, filtered through from Europe. Someone like Jasper Visa, you know, who from a, a Leicester perspective, you know, got knocked out pretty early. So he was able to be a part of the camp for the last two weeks. So I think it's trying to get the rotation going, Tim. Um, I'm not surprised, no, just to see those guys that have just joined more recently not be involved. Uh, but there are players who, you know, have a lot of impetus. You know, you look at the likes of a Fasta Clark, who we all know, um, you know, is a, a really important cog in, in that Springbok machine and, and someone that will definitely, I believe, be in, be in the starting 15. So, no, not worried. But again, you know, exciting opportunity for some youngsters to, to put, their, put their hands up, you know, those on the fringes to sort of stake their claim. And yes, might not be the most powerful opposition, but Georgia will be a stern test given the fact that a lot of these Springbok players haven't had any international effort of sort over the last 18 months because of the pandemic. Totally agree, Brian. And it's so, it, you you name those names, it's just outrageous levels of talent <laughs> in South Africa. It really is. I'm interested though, what's the public mood on the ground there surrounding the tour with everything else going on? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, as we all know, you know, Sunday night uh, was uh, was some massive news that 
potentially sent a few shockwaves around the world in in terms of whether this tour was actually going to go ahead or not with three of the Springbok players, you know, picking up COVID. But obviously self-isolation and, and retesting has shown that, you know, everything is back within the, the bio bubble that, that they're terming at the moment. So unfortunately, South Africa, you know, we're sort of steadily increasing in terms of the pandemic and the third wave, which we're currently facing. So, you know, there have been new restrictions put in place in terms of the hours, um, you know, that you know, we lockdown happens between like nine and, and four in the morning. Um, you know, restaurants and bars have closed. So you know, we knew there wasn't going to be fans in the stadium, but you know, it has now gone to a further degree. So that situation will be reassessed by by the president of the country and uh, you know the, the the committee over over the course of the next two weeks. And you know, hopefully, you know, things will start opening up a bit. But given that the teams are in bio bubbles at the moment, uh, from what I'm hearing is. You know, no one is really allowed in in there. Um, and once you're in, you've got to stay in until the end. So it's going to be interesting to see how the, the games against the local teams go. There was a lot of talk maybe of all happening in Cape Town. But like I said, at the moment, the, the box are still playing against Georgia on Friday night at Loftus. And you know, the, the British Life Lions are still playing against the Emirates Lions at uh, at Emirates Airline Park, which is Ellis Park. So everything's still going ahead. Uh, and hopefully, you know, the players do keep safe in, in what is pretty extraordinary times that we're facing. Absolutely. And I'll just remind uh, that both of the games that Brian just mentioned, uh, you can hear on TalkSport 2 commentary of every Lions game as well across the tour. Now, uh, for what it's worth, Brian, I'm glad that um, the games are going to be held in South Africa, all being well. There was there was always going to be compromises, but going to the host, host nation seems such an important part of it. So I'm interested, from your perspective, what it means to play in a Lions series... Uh, because it only comes around every 12 years in your case. No, the rarity and scarcity of it, Tim, uh, you know, there are test centurions that have never got the opportunity to play against the Lions because it falls outside that window of their career. And in the modern era, only, or the modern professional era, only George Smith has had the opportunity to play twice against the Lions in 2001 and 2013. Um and then, you know, this time around, there might be the likes of a France Stain and a Mornay Stain who were part of that series victory in 2009. So it is going to be um, something that a lot of the players would love to be a part of. Uh, again, it, it is extraordinary in terms of the adverse adversity of the pandemic. You know, there's no traveling fans. And I'm, I reflect back on 2009 and running out and being absolutely shell-shocked at both Kings Park and, and Loftus Firstfeld that were grounds that I was synonymous with seeing, you know, Springbok fans and, and green jerseys and South African flags waving around. And we didn't get that. It was a sea of red. So it, it will play a very different tune um, th this time around. But the privilege and honour, you know, even though the box haven't played rugby since the World Cup final in, in 2019 against England, I do believe that the players will be extremely up for it. And, you know, hopefully the coming together and the fireworks that we will see on the pitch, you know, delivers for, you know, what is going to be lacking off it. And in terms of the Lions, it's one of those last relics of the amateur era, which is continued in the professional game. Well, thinking back to 2009, was there an opportunity to have a, an old school knees up with, with the Lions players after the series? What, what happened there? Yeah, so, so that second test match uh, and the ferocity of, of the collisions and the physicality, um, you know, made it a pretty acrimonious uh, event. And unfortunately, you know, there, there actually wasn't much time to engage. We, we did have an after-match function with the Lions post the third, the third test match, which, again, didn't really give us enough opportunity to get together, um, which is disappointing. 
but again, understanding how professional the game is and sponsor commitments and you know country commitments that you actually have to do. You know, there's also the drug testing that has to happen after the game. So it's not always the easiest in, in this modern game. But like you say, I think the history around the Lions, the the passion, the pride, what the jersey embodies in terms of you know coming all the way from you know the, the very amateur era of, of proper tours and sort of maintaining that is something extremely special. You know. For the players from the Southern Hemisphere, you only potentially get that when you're involved in a Barbarians week or Barbarians team. Um, you know, for the Lions players, you know, they get chosen out of, I think it's something ridiculous Sam Woolworth, Will Burton said this past weekend. I think there's, I think, 700 and odd thousand registered rugby players in, in the home nations of, uh, of the UK and, and Ireland. And only 37 get selected, you know, to play for the Lions. And there's only one captain. So, you know, to talk about the pride, the honor uh, that that jersey represents is something incredibly special. And in the Southern Hemisphere, you know, given the fact that we only get to experience it once every 12 years, if you live in New Zealand, Australia or South Africa, it just does create so much more. And the fact that they actually get to play against local teams outside of the tests is, is really incredible. So it is something really special. And I'm hoping, you know, despite whatever happens this year in terms of the pandemic, in terms of there being no crowds, that the Lions' legacy will, will be one that continues for a very long time. Well said. In terms of the the legacy that the, the Springboks have built and are continuing, uh, Sia Khaleesi as a focal point, uh, I mean, I, I've been lucky enough to interview him a couple of times. I've never met a more humble and uh, genuine guy. Just a word on the, the, the Springbok leader, Brian, from your point of view. <laughs> Inspirational. Iconic to, to a degree, to be honest, Tim. And you know, I've got sort of pretty emotional leading up to that final in, in 2019 talking about Sia talking about how he actually transcends the rugby field you know he's gone on to become or voted you know the the most iconic you know rugby player globally uh, because of what he means and I think you know in in 2007 and in 95 we didn't really have tangible stories that get relayed to 60 odd percent of our population but all of a sudden, you know, with a transformed team, the likes of Asiya Kalisi, Makazoli Mapimpi, Lukanyo Am, um, you know, Trevor Nyankane, you know, all these guys who are just making such a difference to those who potentially never saw hope before. Um, and as you say, I think it's it's one thing being inspirational. It's one thing being iconic. It's one thing being a world changer. But to then, you know, keep your humility in and around, you know, everything that you, you know, you're now afforded to um, and the manner in which it does it, starting a foundation and, and giving back, you know, through the Khaleesi Foundation with, with himself and, and his wife, Rachel, and making an even bigger impact off the field, you know, sort of speaks volumes for, for, for the type of person that, that Sia is. Long may that, you know, popularity continue, you know, long may that inspiration live on. Um, and hopefully the inspiration sort of trickles down through the rest of the squad because he is someone with his leadership group, you know, that got to achieve something incredibly special in 2019. But as an individual, you know, has put his hand up and and has really been, been a force to be reckoned with, which has been brilliant to see. And in terms of leadership, Razi Erasmus, Erasmus as a focal point has been inspirational as well. What do you make of uh, the move of him to director of rugby and him bringing in Jack Nienaber uh, as head coach? How do you feel that's working? So it's actually the first time in the history since the game's gone professional in South Africa that we've had a little bit of a succession plan. So Rassi obviously, you know, took over the reins from Alistair Kutsia in, in 2018 and, you know, through what was a very torrid time, you know, sort of steadied the chip and you know, got to a point where 
you know, we won the World Cup in 2019 with Jacques Nienaba as, as his assistant coach. And, you know, that sort of easing in um, and succession planning, I think it will really benefit the team. I think Rassi does still have, you know, quite an influence and, and voice within the camp at the moment. I'm not quite sure if he's in the bubble yet or not. But, you know, that, that voice of reasoning, you know, both Jacques and Rassi are extremely methodical in their approach. They literally leave no stern unturned, you know, unturned. Rassi was one of the guys, you know, even, you know, in the early days of, of him being a springbok, would spend time doing analysis. You know, you'd have to get VHS tapes. Um, I'm not sure that the younger generation know what VHS tapes are, um, Tim, you know, and, and sort of doing analysis and, you know, he's... His methodology in terms of being extremely prepared um, is something that you know has been extremely successful, and you know Jacques Ninova has taken out a big leap from from that book. So there definitely has been succession planning, which I think is great. And you know Jacques now has, has got the opportunity to take the reins with you know with Rassi sort of taking taking a step back um, from an administrative perspective, and hopefully playing playing an impact as well. Finally, Brian, I just want to put the focus onto Friday uh, and the challenge of Georgia. As you say, the first game for the Springboks since the World Cup final. Uh, what what do you want to see from them, and what are you expecting Georgia to pose as a challenge? So I got to, so looking ahead to Friday. You know, I'm, I'm thinking there has been a lot of planning, a lot of preparation, and I know as a rugby player, all the planning, all the preparation is great until you hit the four lines, and it's putting that effort sacrifice and dedication into play um, and seeing how you know how you come out i know for jock you'll you be wanting to see those that get an opportunity use it as much as possible i know something that jock is incredibly intent on is seeing work rate um you know the efforts off the floor you know how, how quickly you get back into the defensive line you know how quickly you become an option in in, in attack so he'll be looking at those key focus areas that they've obviously been implementing from a training session he has had a wider squad together for, for the better part of three weeks. And he will be looking to make sure that the structures that he wants to put in place come to the fore. Uh, against a Georgian, Georgian side who plenty from a first phase perspective are going to pose, you know, massive threat. We, you know, we really know about the Georgian scrum, which was potentially exposed in the Autumn Nations Cup last year when, you know, they got to play, you know, a long month of top flight rugby against tier one nations. So, they would have come out here, you know, they would be preparing um, you know, to be a stern test. I, I know the Georgians, I got to play with quite a few of them at Toulon. And, you know, they, they the guys definitely scare you, scare you in terms of their, their actual hardness. So, you know, they'll be wanting to, to stamp the authority and, and show the rugby world, um, you know, that they deserve to mix it up with the best areas. And what, you know, what better opportunity than coming up against the World Cup champions and, and improving, you know, what you can do. But I know that for Jock, you know, he'll want to make sure that he puts the processes in play that he sees the individuals doing the structures or playing towards the structure that he'd love to sort of bring about in, in his own uniqueness. Um, but hopefully in so doing, I think most importantly, getting the win, but those efforts in attack, efforts in, in defense of, get, of getting off the ground, of, of being an option and making sure that, you know, we put in a sound first performance come, you know, come, come this first game leading into the Lions series. Brian, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, Tim. All the best. Looking forward to next week. Absolutely. Brian Habana uh, on TalkSport 2, the Lions Daily with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus, be drink aware. And as well as South Africa's warm-up games against Georgia, as Brian was just talking about, we've got commentary of every Lions game on tour across the TalkSport network. Where next, you're going to hear from Jason Robinson, his thoughts on the 2021 tour. 
Foot throws again, Drew Cobb, good quick ball. Howley gets it out. Wilkinson invites O'Driscoll onto it. Well taken by Howley, right off his bootstraps there. Wonderful pickup. Cornell to Wilkinson. And on to Robinson from Perry. Now Robinson goes for the corner. Oh, this is a fairy tale. Absolutely incredible. Jason Robinson. What a memory, what a memory from the 2013 tour of Australia for the British and Irish Lions, Jason Robinson and that try in the left-hand corner. Yeah, you can just picture his face, can't you? 2001, sorry. You can just picture his face, can't you? The, the, punching the ball and the celebration, amazing stuff. So over the last few days, we've been bringing you some Lions legends to preview the tour to South Africa and now, thanks to Land Rover, it is Billy Wiz himself, the former England and Lions win, Jason Robinson, who sat down with TalkSport's Andrew McKenna. Jason, just just to do some preparation before we were speaking, I went back and had a look at your, your record and I forgot that that first test in Brisbane was actually only your fourth international rugby union test and, and the try was actually your first in international rugby union. I mean... I imagine, therefore, your thoughts and your your memories of British and Irish Lions are are very high up in your in your rugby memories. Yeah, they are indeed. To to start a Lions Test match before an England Test match was, uh, you know, was certainly an experience. And for me, just coming from rugby league, understanding, I, I didn't quite know what the Lions was all about, but I certainly got to know in 2001 when I went on that tour, which which was just amazing. The experience, you know, being sort of told maybe you. You know, you might come off the bench for, for 10 minutes in some of the games. And the first game I got, I scored five tries. Um, so all of a sudden, it was just, it was the most amazing experience just being around the quality that I was. And I was just thinking, right, this is a great opportunity to learn. You know, being around the likes of, uh, you know, Brian O'Driscoll and rooming with those guys was just absolutely amazing. And uh, one of the best experiences I've ever had on a rugby field. You ended up with 10 tries on on the tour. I mean, do you think anyone will ever get near that again? I'm not sure. I mean, somebody like a, a, a Lewis Reese's Amit at the moment is uh, is flying and scoring for fun. So who knows? Uh, you know, for me, I never expected to score five on my, my debut. But, uh, you know, it certainly can be done. Um, and, that, and that as a winger, as, a, as an outside back, that's what you want to do. You want to be scoring tries. And uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be certain won't won't be through lack of effort. You mentioned Lewis Rees Zammet. There's Duan van der Merwe as well. There's some very exciting mm. men out wide on this, this Lions tour. If if they were to come to you for any advice about a Lions tour, what would you say to them? Well, it's it's, it's understanding what the Lions is all about, and you know, four teams coming together as one, and, and what it means, the history, the tradition. Um, you know, knowing that the Lions. Um, you know, this is the best from the Northern Hemisphere. You know, this is a, a, a squad that's been pulled together, you know, in short space of time. But but there's something about the Lions that just brings, you know, it, it, it brings it together, but in, in, in such a, a, a un, unity, you know, the band of brothers. And, and everybody that pulls on that shirt has to do it proud, has to do it justice. And, and there's so much competition you know, before they get to these matches, you know, the players that you're, you're up against, you know, you're all fighting for that for that starting test shirt. So, you know, the Lions will come out there and they will be hungry and they will look to do anything possible 
in order to be successful because they've heard of you know the tours of success that they've been before and, and also what it means it's going to be different difficult this time because you know it's going to be different because there's, there's going to be no fans um but but that said you know everybody will see this as the ultimate challenge playing south africa in south africa you know the the, the world champions is going to be something that they're going to be uh, you know really looking forward to and if you can do that as a player i i, I failed to do that as a player to to win a you know a, a, a test series uh, but this is the opportunity that these guys have got so they'll be hungry they'll be working hard and they want to finish the season off you know with a with a series win how do you think you would have coped playing a, a series of games of this magnitude with no fans in the stadium? I mean, the, 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 the second and third tests are being played at FMB Stadium in Soweto, which holds 90-odd thousand people. But it's going to be a huge, cavernous, empty expanse. It's going to be quite a soulless experience. It's, it's going to be difficult. Um, you know, we play the game. One, thing, one of the things about the Lions is the travelling support, which, you know, makes a massive difference to the team, to the players. Unfortunately, that's not going to be the case. But I suppose because over the last, you know, 12 months, you know, players have been used to now playing in stadiums that have been empty. So uh, they, they have got used to it. Um, but listen, whether there's fans in the stadium or not, when you're playing the world champions, um, against such a physical team like South Africa, you'll be ready for it. <laughs> That's for sure. You'll be ready for the games. Can I just ask you, if you were picked in this squad and going to South Africa, would you be concerned about COVID? Uh, in the last few minutes, it's just been announced this morning, um, that the Stormers against Lions game in the Rainbow Cup this weekend has actually been postponed due to COVID. Now, Stormers are a team from Cape Town. Lions are a team from Joburg. And that's where the Lions are, are going to actually have their two bases in South Africa. I mean, I can't imagine that this news is going to go down terribly well within the Lions' management. There's bound to be an element of concern. Would you be concerned if you were picked as a player to go on this tour? Well, I think the uh, the, the good thing is a, a lot of stuff is out of our hands. You know, we've had games in the Premiership called off because of the same thing. So I think, again, we're, we're, we're sort of used to it as players the key thing is, is just to focus on the games. You know, they know that they'll be well looked after wherever they go. All the protocols will, will, will be met. Again, they're going to be in, in bubbles and it's it's going to be a challenge for them. Um, but listen, as, as players, you've got enough to think about without worrying about COVID. You know, the players have, will, have, you know, will have all had their, uh, their jabs. Um, so the focus is get out there, you know, pull together and, and let's win a test series. So... Uh, yeah, that, that we're not going to start um, worrying about COVID. This uh, we've got a championship uh, Springbok team to face. Absolutely, they are the world champions in their own backyard, and they've not played for what eighteen months. I mean, that's a whole series of challenges in itself, isn't it? Because you're talking about a very, very fine team, but on the other hand, they've also not played since what, November 2019. You've literally no idea what they're actually going to come at you with. Yeah, well, you know, whilst they've not had that time together, you still know whatever they put together will, will be fierce. Um, you know, they've still got, uh, you know, most of those World Cup players um, from 2019. Um, they haven't played together as a team, but they've all been playing. And there's some, you know, some players in really good form. Um, and wh whoever they pick, whenever they pick it, it will be a force to be reckoned with. There's no doubt about it. So the Lions will be expecting a very, very tough um, series. Um, there'll be some really tough games, you know, before we get to the test matches. But, 
you know, they'll, they'll be ready. Jason Robinson talking to Andrew McKenna, and that is Brian Habana and Jason Robinson on the show so far. Two potential all-time World 15 wingers. What a show so far. But do you know what? To balance things up, going to go to the Grafters next on Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous Grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18-plus, be drink aware. Uh, commentary of every game on the Lions Tour to South Africa across the TalkSport network. But in a moment, our Lions Daily player profile is going to focus on Exeter and England lock Johnny Hill, class player, and one of the most outrageous mullets around. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Lions Daily on Talksport 2. Johnny Hill. Exit Chiefs. Nicely taken from Noel. Where's he off to? Noel bouncing around the tackles, then plays it away for Johnny Hill. Is Hill going to try and get in for a hat-trick in the first half? Oh, yes, he is! Moving the line out from an area that you can make a mistake and just going to this part of the game that they're so strong. Johnny Hill! Terrific this season! to the Lions Daily and becoming a British and Irish Lion it's the pinnacle of the sport so to get a sense of where these guys have come from we're speaking to some of those people who knew them when well when this would have been beyond their wildest dreams Johnny Hill today it was maybe a surprise selection for the squad but it's reward for a huge season for Exeter Chiefs and for England you're hearing some of the commentary of that now and someone who's been watching his rise through the ranks is his old coach at Ludlow School fresh from school and now wearing a British and Irish Lions jersey, I can see. Stuart Jardine, how do? Good afternoon, how are you? I'm very well. Uh, how are you when, when, when you see uh, your former pupil, Johnny Hill, in that Lions squad? It's a, a fanta- fantastic honour to see Johnny there. He's worked very hard. He's been lucky through um, his career. He's had some injury-threatening um, decisions to make through uh, 
injuries that he's had, but uh, he's come through those. He's worked hard. He's enjoyed um, the passion that he's shown that you see on the field, and that's one of his strengths. And from that, he's taken that opportunity to enjoy his rugby and make the most of it. Come on then, Stuart. Dish the dirt. What was he like as a, as a school pupil? As a school pupil? <laughs> he's better behaved than his brother <laughs> oh. and his sister. <laughs> Out of the three of them, he was probably the best behaved. But no, Johnny, I mean, you'd always turn around and you'd always turn up and play sport for the school, whether it be rugby, football. Um, I think one of Johnny's strengths is certainly his friendship groups and that. And he always loves coming back to Ludlow on his uh, weeks away or weekends away uh, from um, Exeter Chiefs or from England. And uh, it, it's great that he always comes back and gives something to the community, which is super for Ludlow. And his rise has been pretty meteoric, uh, particularly over the last couple of years. Have you, yes. have you been surprised? No, he's always been that potential. He's always been tall for his year. He's always um, had that physique that um, when, when he went into Colts uh, at uh, Junior Club Lacturnians, the National League now, and he went through the Colts system there, he went on to Hartbury. He got selected for the England under 21s twice. Unfortunately, it broke his ankle twice. He missed out on the World Cup in New Zealand. Um, Gloucester kept him on for a couple of years, then released him. And fair dues to Rob Baxter, he picked him up. And he's taken Johnny on that journey and given him that pathway that he's grabbed because he's worked hard at his game, he's worked hard at his training. And uh, he Johnny enjoys his rugby. You really have followed his career. You know every single step on the way. You, you talked about he always had that uh, physique that we see now. He's a giant man. Did he? Yeah. Uh, did he always have a dodgy barnet as well? Because he, he's a modern day second row with with <laughs> with a hairstyle from the nineteen eighties. I know, and and the lovely thing with Johnny, I mean, he's one of his godsons at school. Turned up with his haircut. <laughs> yeah, nine students and <laughs> quite a few kids at Ludlow School now have the Johnny Hill haircut and around <laughs> Ludlow with the junior rugby club. So what yeah, haircuts are different. And that's something with COVID as well, the last two years and that, you know, you there's some interesting pictures and photos of, you know, the haircuts and hairdressers and what uh, people are uh, choosing with their hairstyles. But yes, it's quite popular in the area. Stuart, um, so you, you were born and uh, and grew up in South Africa, am I correct? I, I was brought up in South Africa. I was actually born in Edinburgh. Um, uh, my parents immigrated to South Africa when I was six months old, back in the mid-60s on a boat, which right. took nearly a month. So Johnny's trip to South Africa overnight on Monday was slightly different to my journey <laughs> to South Africa. And uh, we, we, you know, uh, were brought up in Zululand and Pengeni and then moved down to Port Elizabeth, where my dad still lives there. And back in the first Lions trip, back in 74, we had Sir Ian McGeechan and the Scottish contingent in our back garden in Port Elizabeth, because dad used to play for Scotland uh, a few years ago and stayed in touch with the Scottish rugby players from that era. So there's always been a connection with rugby and South Africa. And this is just a huge bonus to see Johnny a once-in-a-lifetime chance for Ludlow. And, you know, and there he is, Exeter, you know, England. 
and now the Lions. It's it's incredible journey, incredible journey. I, I get the sense you'll be supporting Johnny Hill uh, as a man as much as you'll be supporting either of the teams with your split loyalties. Would that be about right? Uh, loyalties on split. British <laughs> Lions first and foremost. <laughs> I can see that from the, the from the lion the in the back, yeah. the lion in the cuddly lion toy in the background, and the lion's jersey that you're wearing. I I, I should have known there were no yeah. split loyalties whatsoever. Um, <laughs> finally, let me let me. A lot of you. my school friends so will be giving me a lot of stick through <laughs> social media because I went to school as you say in South Africa, Kingswood College and Grahamstown and Grey P Junior School, and they're still fantastic schools. I still love the sport. You know, I've actually got tickets to go in a couple of weeks' time, but unfortunately, I, I can see that being pulled from us because we go, we try go every other year as a family because my dad still lives in PE. Oh well, I, I just on a personal yeah. level, I, I do hope you get to go and, and see him soon. But yeah, obviously, we're watching yeah. that one um, very carefully. Uh, just finally, Stuart, if you weren't talking to me right now and you were talking to Johnny and you were looking up at him, uh, as I imagine most people do, uh, what would your message to Johnny be? Go enjoy it, make the most of it, never look back and leave it on the field because he, he will do. Stuart, thank you so much for your time. No problem. Have a very good evening. And to you. Well, there you go. Uh, that's what it is all about and that's what it means to communities, towns, villages, schools, clubs, up and down the land and that is why we uh, we speak to some of those people who knew these guys when they would could only dream of being British and Irish Lions. Johnny Hill today. So you're listening to the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus, be drink aware. And uh, you need to get your pen and paper out, okay? Because next, Ollie and I are going to be picking who we think, and you can join us in this, uh, who Warren Gatlin will go with in his 15 for the game against the Emirates Lions this weekend. That squad announcement is coming tomorrow. So here we go on TalkSport 2 and also on TalkSport joining us for the first parts of the British and Irish Lions Tour 2021. Let's get the tour underway! Alan Wynne-Jones is being led off by a medic who is holding his left arm in place to not move anything. When he was coming off, that for me was a look of a of a defeated man, I think he knows. Henshaw is there, tackle made on him. Still an opportunity to come to the uh, right wing for Josh Adams! Try scored! First points of the afternoon, first points of the tour, goes to Josh Adams. Lovely out to win to beat his opposite number. Oh Too much power. But it's picked up and go around the base of the ruck and Duan van der Merwe will go in and score one of the easiest tries in international rugby. You're not stopping him from there, Ian. Pretty powerful guy. Again, Japan will be disappointed. Connor Murray has his hands on it and will Neil bring it away to the left hand side for Henshaw! And Robbie Henshaw makes it three tries for the Lions. Beautiful play by the Lions. And what we are seeing from the Lions is Gregor Townsend through and through his attacking philosophy. Bigger. Fights Tyburn. Tyburn with the bust. Tyburn will go straight down the middle and will score under the post and will point at the fans as he crosses the line. That is the fourth try of the afternoon. British and Irish Lions 26, Japan nil. The Lions, I think, have a strong foundation to build on now. They know there are bigger tests ahead. You know, maybe not the warm-up games, but the Springbok tests are going to be huge, huge games, and they have to be ready for it. And they can only be ready for that if they do it together. Andrew McKenna and Jamie Roberts there with their commentary of the first game on the Lions tour. 
2021 in Edinburgh against Japan. And it was a win for the Lions. Uh, this is the Lions Daily. I'm Tim Cocker. It's TalkSport 2. I'm with the help of TalkSport 2's Ollie Hunter. How do you, Ollie? What a show we've had today. I tell you what. And um, isn't it great when things come together? You kick off with the cheater, the man that raced the cheater <laughs> and almost won, uh, Brian Habana. And what a guy. What a really, really lovely bloke. And then we hear from Billy Wiz himself, Jason Robinson. And I, I loved Stuart Jardine and uh, the pride he has, not mm. only in, in the Lions, but the fact that a guy, a guy he coached yeah. has is really put the place that he now calls home and, and, and where he works on the map in Ludlow School. Um it's been it's it, it's been a really really sweet and lovely show. So yeah, I'm 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 doing all right. How are you, Tim? I, I'm absolutely loving this. And our final job is to try and preempt what we think Warren Gatlin will select uh, because 10 a.m. Thursday, uh, we'll we'll have the lineup for the game against the Emirates Lions in Johannesburg. Commentary here on Talksport Two, of course, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, now, let, let's go through this front row. Uh, who do you think Warren Gatland is going to select? I actually think he might go a, f- a whole. He might go wholesale changes from. Uh, it's certainly the starters. Um, he he may reward the guys that came off the bench and um, do it that way. Um, so the guys that that, that started um, in the front row, uh, Jamie George, um, uh, who else? Who else started? Rory Sutherland. Um, I think we may see Xander Fagerson because yeah. he he was ruled out and then we, he was put in through his paces, wasn't he, And beforehand? He, um, he said that had there been another 24 hours, he would have played and he was yeah. gutted not to play at Murrayfield, obviously being a, a proud Scot. But I'm going for Mako Vanapola, Jamie George, Xander Fagerson. One thing I have done through my team, uh, my, that I'm guessing, is I've I've put to one side the Exeter players and the, the two new call-ups for injuries, Josh Navidi and Adam Beard. Uh, I, I think, oh, really? I think they may feature later. I don't know. So that's what I'm guessing. Vunapola, George Ferguson, you all right with that? What, any differences? Um, I'm fine with that. I think some of the Exeter Chiefs will... will Exeter boys will be on the bench. So the Luke Cowan Dickey. Oh, uh, for bench. Instance. That's that's where I've got. That's where I was thinking. Uh, okay, fine. We'll we'll yeah. get to that. Uh, we'll get to that that point. What about locks? Do you think Johnny Hill will uh, will be brought in? Uh, on the bench, I think it'll be Maruitoji. And what I, I I was trying to work this out. I think Courtney Laws may get another run at lock. He looked really good when he came on uh, for Alan Wynne Jones. I don't know. May, maybe Johnny Hill or Adam Beard will be put in, but. Uh, Henderson looked good. Maruitoji's definitely going to start and it'll be another second row. The reason I put Laws there is because yeah. as much as Warren Gatland is looking like he's going to go with a, a big blind side, one of the second rows, whether it be Tyke Byrne as at the weekend or Courtney Laws, I suppose even Ian Henderson could play there, but I want to see what Tom Curry on the blind side and Hamish Watson on the open side might look like. Two scavengers, two, yeah. two yeah. big defensive players. I'd love to see that with Talupe Falatau at number eight, who was possibly one of the few players who I thought his stock dropped slightly, especially when you think Jack Conan looks so good at number eight. So I think Falatau will be desperate to have a big game and I wonder if he might start. What, I, what do you think? I, I think that's a really good shout and um, the kind of message from Warren Gatlin, right, maybe you didn't have your best game against Japan. I want to see a whole lot more from you um, against the Emirates Lions. I think that's a really good shout. Uh, I rather like, and I don't think you can have them in the same team. I rather like, even if you move uh, Hamish Watson onto one of the flanks, um, I rather like Sam Simmons 
I think he... I, I know you're thinking that those guys may be on the bench, but... I I, I want to see him. They've only they played last week in that amazing game live on Talksport two um, against Quinns, and I know it was a, a defeat, but they've all rocked up. You could say in form um, and fit and fresh. All right, they may may not be totally up to speed, given that the other guys have had an extra two two and a bit weeks in the Lions camp. But I've got a sneaking suspicion. No, no, he'll he'll go with Watson because Watson missed out in, yeah. uh, at Murrayfield, and then those guys that haven't started uh, in in uh, in in Murrayfield or um, in in Johannesburg, those guys will end up playing um, the, the Wednesday game. So yeah, okay, I'm fully on board with with <laughs> what with what you said. You've convinced me yet again. Uh, right, uh, half backs then uh, Gareth Davis to start and Finn Russell to start a fly half. I think he'll go all Scotland here. I think he'll go Ali Price and Finn Russell. Interesting. We'll see how that one plays out. As for centres, right, here's my Maverick selection. <laughs> here we go. Um, he's going to put Owen Farrell at 12. Uh, Chris Harris is going to wait. And Elliot Daly is going to be 13. I mean, he's been picked as a centre. Well, set, well, a utility back. but Yeah, well, the, the Tom May-esque utility back that we were discussing yesterday. Uh, I really want to see Elliot Daly go at 13. Whether we'll have to wait for that, because Chris Harris is an outstanding player. Um, I don't know. What do you think the the midfield there? I think it will be Finn Russ. Finn, sorry. So Ali Price, Finn Russell. I then think he'll go Owen Farrell at twelve, 12 and yeah. Chris Harris yeah. to make up that Scottish contingent. Um, Chris Harris will play at thirteen. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of familiarity there, and also you've got whenever you play Finn Russell, you have to play. I think Owen Farrell for that steel for that grit that stuff in the middle um, and then it's like a cop uh, buddy movie isn't, isn't it the two it? of them yeah absolutely <laughs> the yin and the yang I, lo- I love it so Chris Harris for me All at right. 13 yeah. so we differ slightly there how about the back three then I've gone Lewis Reese Amit on one wing and having already picked Elliot Daly in the centre I've gone Anthony Watson on the wing he came on at full back yeah. but but uh, wing is where he will start a test match if he starts a test match I think he might he's probably the third choice fullback but he's possibly the first choice winger so I want to see him on the wing with Stuart Hogg uh, I've made a, an exception for my Exeter thing and I've put him straight in at fullback because he's he's a ridiculous player isn't he that's why um I'm I'm going Stuart Hogg at fullback Louis Zamet at uh, on one wing and yeah, I I have to agree with you. I think Anthony Watson came off the bench. He didn't get that long, actually. I think it was only about 10 minutes. Yeah. And the Lions were down to 14 through the enforced, let's see how we play 14 against 15. Was that deliberately done? I, as a training to, exercise? Or I, yeah. I really think it was because I watched Jack Conan as he came off and there were fist pumps all around. I think it was a pre-planned um, let's have a look at ourselves playing 14 against 15 because it may happen. And Jamie Roberts actually mentioned it in the commentary. A lot of these games, especially the games against the Springboks, will be won in those last 10 minutes. And often you find yourself down to 14, maybe sometimes 13 in those last 10 minutes. So I think it was 100% pre-planned. That's why Anthony Watson was in as a defensive player, let's get him from the start against the Emirates Lions and let's see how that back three works and, and, and some of the combinations there. Not long to wait until Warren Gatlin names his side and then we can pick the bones out of that on tomorrow's show. But that is the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus 
Be Drink Aware. Now, if you missed the start of the show, you want to listen again because it was that good, or you want to catch up with previous shows, head to the podcast section of the TalkSport app. Friday evening, we'll bring you commentary of South Africa against Georgia up on the high veld in Pretoria, so we'll be able to gauge where the world champions are at. And 6pm kickoff for that one. I'll be back here, though, tomorrow with Lions Daily. Thursday, 5pm. Lions Daily on TalkSport 2. 